looking at Hebrews chapter 11, and we are now in Hebrews 11, verse 23. Before we begin, maybe someone has a Bible memory verse you want to try out. Janie. Anybody else for the Bible memory? Stacy. Amen. All right. Anybody else? All right. Well, I've got my candy bag, so I'll give some to those who said a Bible memory verse. Probably should give out cough drops today instead of candy. Yep. All right, well, I'm glad that you are here and, and uh, feel bad for everyone who isn't. It's just going around. All of us are getting that. Everybody that goes to the doctor are, are being told influenza A, so that seems to be what it is. But uh, anyhow, we'll go on, and uh, we'll start on page 33. The faith of Moses' parents. We're going to see Moses next week, but before Moses was his parents, and last week, of course, was Joseph and his bones. In verse 23, it says, And by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And again, only one verse to to commend these people, but it was a great thing that they did, and of course it was all by faith. And so they are in the chapter, the hall of faith, in Hebrews 11. And uh, we see here, as we read from the book, the parents of Moses had great faith in God. The Bible says in verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. And so the first three months of his life, it was kept hidden that he was there because if you go back to Exodus chapter 1, which we're going to go to Exodus pretty soon, Pharaoh had declared all of the baby boys were to be killed. And uh, so there was a lot of, uh, slaughter of innocent babies happening in Egypt. And the world's always been doing things like that and still is today. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I believe that verse. I believe that if you teach a child and instruct that child correctly, and you don't just tell them th- with your mouth, but you show them with your life, they will believe and they will believe your God. If they can see God answer prayer, and they see your God answering their prayers, and answering your prayers, and and they see your God is real, they'll believe. Uh, God connects childhood with adulthood. There in Proverbs 22, 6, he did. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So that's why the young years are so important. And even communist leaders have said, you give us the children, and uh, we'll have them for life. Um, We need to understand the importance of that. And then with that in mind, we need to be aware of of how foolish it is to let the world have our children and to influence our children in in the thinking and molding their thinking. The Lord connects what is placed in the heart of a child with the type of adult that child becomes. If we're going to have children who become people of faith, they need to have the word of God placed in their hearts. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's never too early. I'm so thankful to see 
young people flipping through the Bible and their sword drill and standing up and reading it. Uh, that's just good habit. And uh, how many of us, when we listen to a sermon, we're like, oh, man, uh, Ezekiel, boy, it's going to take me a while to find that. And that's just good to, to teach those young people those habits of finding and navigating the Bible quickly and uh, being able to know and be familiar with the sword, with the word of God. As we read the account of the birth of Moses that's recorded in Exodus chapter 2, uh, as a very young child, Moses was taught the only of the only true God. The faith we see in Moses when he was called of God and faced the Pharaoh is the f- same kind of faith he saw in the life of his mother and father when he was a young boy. Uh, he was hid three months, but through a miraculous uh, set of circumstances he was allowed to stay in the home for much longer and God used that to help develop in Moses something that was special as a matter of fact if you keep reading in Hebrews 11 it says when he was come to years he refused verse 24 to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter so he knew he was the son of Amram and uh, Jochebed he knew that he was not that he was not uh, the son of of Pharaoh, and uh, he understood that just like Joseph, he understood that he was not an Egyptian, and that's important that we understand that and that we teach that to our children. We are not of this world; we are in the world, as Jesus said, but we are not of the world. And so, with that, we're going to go over to Exodus, and we're going to see some things uh, from Exodus and other places. So, we'll just go to Exodus, and like I said, chapter one of Exodus. After Joseph died, it wasn't long before they forgot all that Joseph had done. And a new Pharaoh rose, and he looked at all these Hebrew slaves, all these, excuse me, all these Hebrews that were, that were multiplying, and he realized that they were, uh, they were getting larger than the Egyptian population. So they enslaved them. And after a while, they realized that wasn't really fixing anything. They were still growing in multitude. So he instructed the midwives to kill all the boy babies. All of the Hebrew boys were to be killed. And uh, he was trying to reduce the population boom that was happening. And uh, that's wicked. That's wrong. Uh, and, and yet that's what was going on. Now, here in, 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 present day, in our present day world, I think China uh, has a limit on children in the home. And uh, so we see even today, we see uh, governments trying to control population. And, of course, it's strongly encouraged in our country abortion and and uh, and uh, all that and and we see the the types and the figures that we can see in our world today egypt is always a picture of the world don't follow egypt don't let egypt control your thinking and so what we have today is three points about these parents all right and so first of all uh concerning these 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 folks we're going to look at chapter 2 verse 1 and there went a man of the house of levi and took a wife took to wife a daughter of Levi and the woman conceived and bare a son and when she saw him that he was a goodly child she hid him three months and when she could not longer hide him she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him so here's this husband and wife and uh, we know their names in another passage. And uh, this husband and wife and their two children, they had uh, a girl named Miriam and, a, and then a boy named uh, Aaron. And then they have this little baby that's now born. And the babies were, it was said that they were to be slaughtered. They were to be killed, the boy, boy babies. 
And so what are we going to do? They hid him. They kept him, kept him a secret for three months. And after a while, it just couldn't keep a secret any longer. It's a baby boy. It's going to cry. It's going to make noise and things like that. And so she makes this basket, waterproofed, and called an ark, a little tiny ark, and puts him in it and puts him out in the river. And then Miriam obviously was instructed to keep an eye on the basket. And so his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And so uh, can you imagine this young girl just watching her little tiny baby brother in the basket floating in the water and wondering what's going to happen? This is all very interesting in verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh, oh my goodness, of all the people, the daughter of Pharaoh, the guy who made the law to kill all the baby boys, came down to wash herself at the river. Talk about timing. But it was all of God. And her maidens walked along by the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. So of all the women to see it, it was the Pharaoh's daughter sees this basket floating in the water. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And someone said, probably God pinched him right then and there. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. She knew right away what this was, but her heart was touched by this little baby boy, innocent, laying there crying. Then said his sister, so Miriam runs up to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I do, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto the mother, her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son, and she called his name Moses. And said, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. What an interesting turn of events. Here, the, this couple had this little baby boy. They were believing parents. And I know we think that all the Hebrew slaves were believing. But you know the Bible indicates that's not so. That there were unbelievers even among the Hebrews. <clears throat> See, faith isn't gained by DNA. Just because your grandpa was Abraham doesn't mean you are a child of God. Deuteronomy 32.20 says they were people who had no faith. There were some people in the, amongst them, and you'll see that as they wander through the wilderness, how faithless some of them were. But Moses' parents lived in a land of unbelievers, including some of their friends, the Hebrew slaves. But they were believing parents. There were those among the Israelites who caught up, were caught up in the worship of the Egyptian gods. Did you know that? Because Joshua 24.14, which I think Janie quoted, even in Joshua's day, when they conquered and they gained the promised land, Joshua said in chapter 24, the end of Joshua, Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods in Egypt. So even then there were still some of them still worshiping the gods of Egypt, which is just an astounding thing because the gods of Egypt didn't help Egypt out very well. And yet, and so never think that just because people are with you in the crowd or people are at, in church with you that they're all saved understand that there are unbelievers who hang around god's people and that was the case here do you think that that there were any hebrew baby boys that were killed oh i think so well what, what were their parents doing well it's the law i guess we're just gonna have to turn the kid over i mean i i don't know exactly it doesn't say 
But I'm sure there were baby boys that were killed during this time. But Moses' parents served the true and living God, and they trusted God, and God helped them. This is awesome. Because not only did God protect the baby boy Moses from being killed, but he even paid the mom to take care of the baby boy. How cool is that? He even arranged it so that Pharaoh's daughter paid Moses' mother to take care of her baby boy. I mean, talk about when God does things, he really does it in a fantastic way. I mean, she'd have done it for free, don't you think? And now she's getting paid for it. This is awesome. I mean, when you see Miriam say, would you like me to find a lady to help take care of the baby? <laughs> no brainer. I know where I'm going to go. I know who I'm going to go find. And so, and I'm sure Pharaoh's daughter knew all what was going on. I'm sure she kind of could read between the lines that this is the mother. And, and it all was just of God. And so even when evil happens, know that God's still in control. Uh, Ezekiel 20, verse 6 through 9 says that uh, these people still had their gods of Egypt, even though they were Hebrew people. Please understand that just because someone says they're Christian doesn't mean they're on the same page. Just because someone says they're a Hebrew slave like you are doesn't mean they're following the same God. Understand that a, a lot of these people, even when Moses was an old man, they they made a golden calf and tried to worship it. They, there was a lot of unbelievers amongst them. But regardless, you find yourself in the minority, not just in the world, but even within the quote-unquote people of God. Understand that. Understand that you still need to do right, and, and God would still have us to do right. Um, the box says, parents who know the Lord should believe that God is something special for their children. Children are a gift from God. Children are not a gift from the state. Therefore, the state has no right to tell us what to do with those kids. Okay, This, this gets programmed and brainwashed into the minds of people um, to the point where we, we are... Uh, and, and I don't mean, I don't mean to, to sound like you should never go to the hospital or use hospital to have children... But what's happened is, is the hospital system has become in such a way that that a new, newlywed young couple, like I was, my wife, we go to the hospital to have our baby because that's just what you do. I mean, duh, that's what you do. But even in this story, they had midwives, and uh, so w- when our firstborn was was born, man, we went to the hospital, and that's what you do. I mean, where else do you go? And and I'm not saying you shouldn't. It's just that they have their system set up, and I, I've never been a, a real, a real. Um, I've never been really impressed with vaccinations. Twenty-five years ago, I wasn't impressed with vaccinations, and so my goal was to not have my kids get vaccinated. Well, what I found out to the horror, and and the, what I found out the hard way is, is that when your baby's born in the hospital, boom, they just vaccinate them without asking you. They they just they shoot them up, and 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 I I'm like. I was gone for a few hours. I came back. My wife's still, you know, half asleep. Oh, they took they took him. What did they take him for? Oh, they said something about shots. What? And I thought for sure that they would ask permission before they did that, but they don't. Apparently, that's just part of the system. And the same thing with when you drop them off at the government school. In a sense, you are you are giving the government school the control of your child and what they're teaching and what they're being exposed to. And we need to recognize that, that that's kind of a conditioning that happens. So after child number two came along and child number three and child number four, Josh and Sam, um, we had switched jobs and I had lost the insurance that I had had. 
and uh, we had different insurance, but it hadn't kicked in yet, so it wasn't covering the maternity part of it. And so when Joshua was to be born, my wife looked into a midwife and found a Christian lady in Casper, Wyoming. We lived in Wyoming at the time. And uh, we started talking with her and visiting with her about this, and she was she is a Christian. And um, it was really interesting to talk with her. And, and of course, we had decided, now, if there's any complication, and, she, and the midwife agreed, if there's any complication, we're going to go to the hospital. But she said something I'll never forget. She said, you know something? She said, having a baby is the only positive thing someone ever goes to the hospital for. I never thought about that. She said, it's supposed to happen. It's not like you have a condition. This is something that's supposed to happen. Everything else that this person goes to the hospital for is negative. And I was like, whoa, that's a thought. So she said, it's not like this is a problem. This is supposed to happen. And and again, we all agreed. If there is a problem, then boom, we're going we're on our way, you know, nine one one, whatever. But uh so the last two were born at home. And of course my wife being Amish, you know, that was not unusual. I mean, that wasn't out of the ordinary. But we are so conditioned that when children come into our lives, we need professional help. We need some professionals. Look, this is the most professional thing you can have when it comes to your children, all right? We just need to know what God says about it and not allow Dr. Spock or whoever to tell us how we're supposed to raise them or whatever, okay? And so I appreciate Amram and Jochebed who who just um, were faithful and believing and, and they knew God does not want this boy to die. He did not give us this boy to be killed. Uh, and so they they trusted God and they had faith. And they it says in Hebrews 11, they saw he was a proper child. Back in Exodus, it says he was a goodly child. How did they have faith to hide little Moses? They understood something about this child. They knew that God had given his word and that there was a time limit to their bondage in Egypt. They knew the promises of God. They knew that Joseph had said, you, you put my bones in a box and you take them with you because you are going to leave this place someday. Uh, they knew. Uh, they were looking for deliverance. And I believe this little mother recognized by faith that God had something special for her son. And I think a lot of times uh, you'll, you'll read the lives of a pastor or a preacher and you'll find that there was a mother behind the scenes praying and asking God to do something special with her child. So Proverbs chapter 22, again, Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he'll not depart from it i don't know nobody knows for sure how old moses was when she finally dropped him off don't know i i I don't know how long it 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 would be you know unrealistic to think that that he would have spent years and years and years uh because how how old would he need to be in order to function without a mother can you imagine what attitude the parents had for that boy knowing that they got to drop him off at pharaoh's palace do you think they spent time in frivolous things do you think they worried about whether or not he could play football well or do you think they worried about whether or not he was good at at video games no i got a feeling that they spent all their waking time knowing that one day he's going to be somewhere else can you imagine one thing i think that god did in my heart and and it might sound silly or, or crazy to you, but when I was newly married and, and becoming a father, I had this this fear that I would lose my child, that, that my child would get taken from me. 
I, I think part of it was because I had heard stories of kidnappings and there was even uh, uh, someone who had a Christian group that made a movie and they used Rapid City Rushmore Mall, uh, I think is the setting for this l- young girl that was abducted. And uh, it just it put those thoughts in my mind. And, and then, of course, uh, with, with um, the government uh, welfare uh, child advocacy stuff, advocacy stuff about disciplining children and how that you know someone could turn you in because you spanked your child and they'll take them away. I mean, I knew people that had gone through horror stories like that, and so in my heart there was this this constant thought: there is no guarantee how long I have this child. There's no, there's no. He didn't come with a you know a year warranty. And so I need to be teaching him and instructing him as if I'll never see him again and to take it serious. Not, not, not morbid or weird, but just be serious. And that our singing and our, 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 our conversation and our atmosphere is something that would, be, uh, that would be conducive so that if he was taken from us at age four or five, at age 14, he happened to go to a church where they were singing a song that he remembered from his childhood. You know what I mean? Or if something would spark a memory from way back when. And I can only imagine that's what these parents are doing. Trying to, trying to ingrain in him a, a constant uh, reminder of what God's people do and what God's people think and, and to train him. And it must have worked because when he was an adult, he refused the treasures of Egypt. Could be he could have been the next pharaoh. Could be he could have very well have jockeyed into position to be the next Pharaoh, being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And yet he refused it, the Bible says, and chose the reproach of Christ instead of the pleasures of Egypt. Boy, what a testimony that is to the parents. who And to Moses, but to the parents who instructed him to think differently. So they were believing parents, and they were courageous parents, I don't believe that Amram and Jochebed were running around frightened. Uh, God's people, and the Bible says, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. What was the king's commandment? Kill all the baby boys. What would you probably assume then if, if parents were caught hiding their baby boy? That they would be killed. Or that their family would be killed. And it says they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Hebrews eleven twenty three. They did not hide this child because they were afraid. They hid him because they knew he had a special assignment from God. Let me say it this way. They were more afraid of God than they were of Pharaoh. Okay? They knew God was going to take care of him. They were willing to put him in a basket out in the water. I have no idea what the logic is behind that. You know, other than it's a good place to hide him because who's going to think to look there for a baby out in the river and yet it worked out perfectly it worked out just as, and and i don't know that god put the idea in their head or that he just saw wow now maybe god's up in heaven going wow that's a new one i'm gonna stick them in a basket and float them in the water wow that's a new one i can handle that though i'll just make sure that pharaoh's daughter goes down and has bath time that time and she'll find him god can handle all of our crazy ideas he's gone they knew God was going to take care of him. They believed that their God was greater than Pharaoh. 
Look at Psalm 46. Just some reminders here. Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. We can keep reading. God is more powerful. And so if I'm going to get in trouble, I want to get in trouble because I obeyed God, not somebody else. I just want to be right with God, most importantly. The box here on page 35 says, If we have faith in God, we will not talk about troubles in this world as if they are going to overtake us. Right now, there's something going on in the Senate and the House, and they want to redefine marriage. They call it the Respect for Marriage Act. It's really the Disrespect for Marriage Act. And I don't even know all all the ins and outs about it, except that, Basically, they want to make it much more convenient for filthy, wicked um, sodomites and, and just crazy people uh, to, to have marriage status and for all of us to have to go along with that. Now, question, who invented marriage? God did. So no man and no congress of men or women can, can reinvent marriage. They can't call marriage something else doesn't matter if, if they have legal status in the current nation that they it's they, they can't do it and so there's gonna there's gonna be some real persecution that could come from this really there there could be um, uh, I would imagine for a church like ours one of the first things that would happen is you won't recognize these marriages as marriages you lose your tax exempt status okay I think that would be like one of the first things. And so now all of a sudden, we have to pay property tax. Well, I have no idea what the assessments will be, but it just keeps going up around here anyway. And then from there, they would start to regulate other things because we are discriminating against something because blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm all about obeying the laws of the land as long as they don't conflict with the laws of God. All right? The Bible tells us that. And and I wrote this in the margin of my book because I thought this was a good way to think of it. You know how come there's a problem? Because Pharaoh is is living in fear. This whole lousy law is because Pharaoh's afraid of something. And so because Pharaoh's afraid that he's going to lose power, that doesn't mean I got to be afraid. Just because you're afraid, you know, just because you, you know, the, the whole the whole evolution in the school thing is all because they're afraid of truth. You know, the whole, the whole idea that, well, we got to have separation of church and state so we can't allow creation to be taught. No, I'm going to tell you why. You're afraid because you know, even if we taught evolution and creation side by side, most kids would go, oh, I think I know which one makes sense to me. So they can't have it at all. And so fear drives a lot of things for the world. And this is what's going on with Pharaoh. Pharaoh's doing all this because he's afraid. Well, just because he's afraid doesn't mean I have to be afraid. Just because he's afraid doesn't mean that, that God's people should act out of fear. 
and retaliate in fear. So we need to be courageous. Make God, may God make us courageous parents. Parents, rise to your challenge. If you expect your children to be people of faith, then demonstrate the reality of the only true and living God in your life. And mom and dad, it'll go a long way if you'll remind yourself and them what it's all about. See, I don't think that the motive of Jochebed and Amram was just to save Moses' life. I think it was because they knew God had a purpose for his life. And what I'm seeing among Christians is, oh, I just want my kids to be protected. Protected for what reason, though? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved, a workman. What's the purpose of knowing the Bible? So that we can now use it for the Lord. I think God honored Amram and Jochebed because they dedicated that boy to God, not just trying to save his life. I think a lot of times we're just protective. And I think sometimes, I, I was a homeschool parent. I think sometimes people are homeschooling, but there's no motive, there's no purpose for why we're doing what we're doing. In other words, we're, we're, we're keeping you out of the world's influence so that you can be properly instructed so that you then can go into the world and make a difference. All right? And so let's understand that God's going to protect those who have dedicated that baby to the Lord. In other words, God looks down and said, boy, they gave that baby to me. There ain't no way I'm going to let him die. In fact, I'm going to fund, I'm going to fund his nursing because that baby's, they, they want me to have that boy. And God did receive him and use him. Um, it's important. We don't necessarily promote it, but the idea of a baby dedication is a very good thing. The idea of we recognize this baby given to us is really for God's purpose, not for our purpose. They were believing parents. They were courageous parents. And they were obedient parents. They didn't allow the fear that Pharaoh's fear was causing everyone else to have. Instead, they acted differently. So, third point, the day came when they had to take Moses out of the house. With tender loving care, Moses' mother made a basket and made sure it would float in the water. And she and Miriam made their plan. Jochebed obeyed God in this matter. She could not see from the beginning all the way to the end. And that's why this is called faith. She just made a plan and then trusted God to, I can only do what I can do, and then I've got to trust God to to finish it. But the Bible again says they were not afraid of the king's commandment. But in Acts 5.29 it says we ought to obey God rather than men. They feared God more than the king's commandment. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. They're going to defy the king and defy his laws. Unfortunately, we are living in the day where that's coming for us. Where we are going to make decisions because the word of God says something different than what the law and the lawyers of the land are saying. All the details were not visible to her, but by faith she saw God, and she knew that whatever God led her into, he would see her through. This is why as parents, I can't step in the way between God and what he wants to do with my child. God has given me my child, but but my child really was a gift from God to begin with. I'm kind of just the manager 
of the gift that God gave me as a parent. They're not mine to hoard. And uh, I, I know of someone who, whose child uh, was going to marry uh, another, uh, it was a daughter, was going to marry this guy. And the guy lived out in Idaho. And the parents uh, were not happy that the, that the guy wanted to live in Idaho instead of where they were back in the mid, Mideast or mid, Midwest. And, and so it got so bad that they wouldn't even show up for the wedding. Um, it, was, it was silly. They, they, they agreed to allow him to marry her, but then when they found out that he wasn't going to move and, and be across the street from the parents, they were mad. Um, at some point, you have to let go of the gift God gave you and recognize that they're for God's purpose, not your own purpose. All right? Um, and so my, all my kids were here last Sunday. What a wonderful thing. And uh, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not that I never mentioned or, or put a bug in their ear. Hey, you know, Custer's a really nice place to live and raise a family. But it's not my decision. It's God's choice. It's God's decision. It's what God wants. They're in his hands. They belong to him. He can do better with them than I can. And, and ultimately what we want is to know that our children serve the Lord. No greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth, that they're just serving the Lord. And so I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know for sure if there was an Egyptian times. I don't know if they had an Egyptian you know, newsletter journal. But I would imagine that if there was in the newspapers, you know, they'd open up and, uh, Moses defies Pharaoh. Moses is demanding Pharaoh let the people go. And this old Amram and Jacob are going, <laughs> that's our kid. That's our kid. That's our kid. Do you, do you see the satisfaction and the joy that the parents would be getting knowing that God used their baby boy to be one of the, the most famous and most notable men in all of history? And they just trusted the Lord. Uh, they didn't get normal time with him as parents normally would, but they trusted God. Um, and so if God were to call any of our young people to a foreign field to, to serve God halfway around the globe and to, to only get to see them maybe once a year or once every five years, you know, if that's God's will, you can't go wrong. You'll be you'll be you'll be much happier than if they lived across the street out of God's will, making a mess of everything. We have to learn to trust God that He knows best, and not to try to manipulate and, and to change God's mind about things and grab the steering wheel. Uh, she knew that whatever God led her into, He was going to see her through. Of course, God touched the heart of Pharaoh's daughter. This is just amazing. And Jacob had had the opportunity to keep her child for a time, teaching him, instructing him, telling him about the true and living God, and no doubt hugging him close and reminding him. And she knew. And so she told him, listen, one day you're going to go live in Pharaoh's palace, but you just remember the true God. They're going to tell you about all these other gods, and they're going to show you all kinds of fancy gold and all kinds of things that's going to be really quite tempting. But you just remember that God has promised us that we're not Egyptian, and we're going to go back home. What a, what a picture that is. And uh, I was thankful to hear my oldest, who is an engineer, a civil engineer. But last Sunday night, he was preaching a testimony of how that, you know, you can look at the world and get kind of tempted by what the world seems to get away with. But, but, but to remember that, no, no, God's in control. And uh, 
you recognize that God's in charge and not get tempted or mesmerized by the world. And praise God for that. Uh, I'm sure that that's what Jochebed did, is constantly reminded Moses and told him, you were raised for a purpose, and your purpose is special. Your purpose is not is is not to just live for this world. It's different. Uh, and so, in the box at the bottom, it says Moses' parents put into his heart what could never be taken away. <clears throat> this is our task, and we must be obedient to God. Every one of us, parents, grandparents, we need to encourage our children, our grandchildren, to live for the Lord, to serve God, to make that the number one emphasis to always keep them reminded that my job is to know what God wants me to do. What does God want me to do with my life? Not everyone is supposed to be a missionary out out of the country. Not everyone is even going to be a pastor. But every one of all my my young people, your young people, they should be taught, hey, God needs us to serve him even in the local church somewhere, just, just right where we are, but to serve him, to put him first in our life. What a blessing uh, we are to the world around us when we do that. All right, well, I'm done today, uh, but this is a great reminder and a good encouragement for us as we see these two people, Amram, Jochebed, and the faith challenge they had to give their baby boy up, but then to receive for eternity wonderful accolades and rewards of being the parents of one of the greatest men in the Bible. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for our opportunity to be challenged. Help us to not be selfish parents. Help us to not just be conservative and recognizing the world has real problems, but help us to recognize the purpose of why you gave us our children. That you have a mission for them. You have a plan for them. And help us to, on one hand, be protective, but on the other hand, not be afraid to give them up for your honor and glory. And may we recognize your will, your plan, and surrender to it. And for those who are determined and have dedicated their children for you, Lord, I know you'll protect them. Help us to trust you and and have faith that you'll meet the need and you will supply. And Lord, we thank you for the promises you give in Jesus' name. Amen.